When it comes to predicting the success of your ERP initiative, it's already decided before you start, and that's why the organizational readiness is super critical for your ERP projects. So what are the top six components of organizational readiness for ERP implementation? That's what we are going to discuss in this. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. We help our clients with digital transformation strategy, change management, ERP selection, and ERP implementation. On that note, let's go back to today's topic, which is going to be organizational readiness. And Sometimes the definition of organizational readiness may not be clear. Sometimes companies might feel that they might be ready, but actually they might not be as ready. So what exactly is organizational readiness? And we see issues, things such as everybody may have different expectations of what an ERP is. In fact, what they might be thinking in their head from ERP, CRM, or any other systems, it might be completely different what from what an ERP or CRM really is. So that's why aligning the expectation, bringing everybody on the same page in terms of what they can expect out of the initiative or the project generally goes a long way. Otherwise, they are going to disengage. They are going to lose interest. They are not going to be funding. They are going to feel that they are investing a lot of time, but they are not sure if they are going to get any sort of ROI for their personal department or for the process flow. So that's why the organizational readiness helps from all perspectives, whether uh, aligning overall in terms of budget, scope, benefits, KPIs, all of these layers need to be aligned. And when you have the formal process for your organizational readiness, it removes a lot of different biases that people might not even know that they have. So that's why it is critical to have that formal structure and all of the six components of the organizational readiness. So now let's dive into the list. Number one on our list is the strategic and executive alignment. The strategic and executive alignment is going to be up top where you are really aligning all of these executives with their expectations in terms of what they need to get out of these initiatives. For the most part, they are going to keep the macro view of the initiative. They are not going to be as worried about the micro, but the macro and micro, they are equally connected. And if micro is not going to work for the users, the system is not going to get the data to be able to produce those macro KPIs. So it's probably not going to work for anyone if that happens. So that's why as part of this whole bucket of strategic and executive alignment, you need to define clear expectations on the outcome of business transformation. You need to identify any sort of barriers to your change management. What kind of resistance do you have? 
is the resistance related to a specific process, systems, or what are people thinking overall in terms of uh, when you have the formalized plan, then you will be able to debate in terms of what people are willing to give up. And if they don't give up from the process perspective, from the data perspective, if they are not willing to change, it's very likely that the implementation might have issues. So at least understanding the constraints in terms of what you can change and what you might not be able to. And then tracing, keeping that constraint in mind, whether your model is going to work or not. So that's what you need to assess overall as part of this bucket. Then you also need to assess the skill gap. And skill gap is going to be with respect to if your executives have a lot of ERP implementation under their belt, they are going to be cognizant of a lot of different issues. They will be able to relate with the concepts. Otherwise, in general, the training time is going to be higher. They will not be able to foresee the issues overall from the implementation perspective. They will not be as informed in decision making. And that's why that skill gap analysis is super critical as well. The fourth pillar of this particular component is going to be your comp structure and incentives. The way your comp structure or incentives may be designed, that typically drive the behavior. So unless you analyze that in terms of how people are behaving inside the organization because of the comp structure, what kind of forces do you have uh, inside the organization, you might not be able to understand the resistance. So that's why a little bit of mapping of comp structure, where that is and what kind of barriers do you have are these barriers because of the comp structure, the way it might be defined? And what if, if you might make some sort of changes there, would that change anything? So you need to do a little bit of analysis to find that out. But this is going to be a critical step uh, with your organizational readiness. That's number one. The number two is operational readiness, which is slightly more tactical than your first one. So here you are doing much deeper discovery overall from the process perspective. You are digging deeper into the as is processes. Sometimes these processes might be in people's head. They might have different understanding of the processes uh, just because they might not be documented on a piece of paper. Everybody is going to have their own sort of versions in terms of how they feel the current processes are just because these processes generally extend uh, multiple departments. Multiple departments are going to be involved. So just one person may not have complete visibility in terms of what may be happening inside the business. And that's why sometimes documenting them could help a lot. Now, the re-engineering, meaning changing the processes, is uh, could be a very debatable uh, topic as well. And if you don't have clear understanding of how your current processes are, you might not get much traction from the re-engineering perspective. And when you have to re-engineer, you have to analyze the impact of what is going to be the impact and if people are going to be okay with the changes or not. And if they are not okay, then even after the development testing, everything, uh, once they are going to go live, they might never use the system. They might not adopt the system. They might not adopt the processes. They might hijack uh, the, the processes. If that happens, again, you are not going to get the data and then you are not going to get the quality insights and you're going to have lot of issues overall from the implementation perspective. So the whole operational readiness part is going to be in digging through these processes and defining the candidates where you need to re-engineer and align the expectation of everybody who is going to be involved, who is going to be impacted because of these processes. The other critical component of your operational readiness is also going to be your rollout plan. 
Now, when you are going to come up with these changes, sometimes they could be so massive that you might not be able to roll out in one go. In fact, that might not be the smartest idea if the change is going to be too much for the company to be able to handle in one go. And that's why it is very important to have some sort of rollout strategy, analyze, okay, how much change are we talking about? How big that is going to be for people? Are they going to be able to handle how much stress is that going to cause? And you need to analyze all of that to be able to understand whether people will be able to handle that or not. So that's number two. Now, number three on our list is data readiness. And data readiness is another dimension of the tactical component. So processes are important, but if your data is going to be all over the place, that typically creates the process over engineering as well. And data could be your master data, transactional data. Issues could be because of anything. For example, we see issues the way your customer master is going to be modeled. If you don't have consistent modeling of your customer master, SKUs, bombs, sometimes people are going to be creating processes just to overcome the weaknesses of the underlying data, and they are going to have a lot of issues because of that. And that's why you need to analyze your data. You need to identify the candidates that are going to be responsible for re-engineering or process over bloated mass. So you need to analyze all of that and find out, okay, is changing data possible? And sometimes that may not be possible because let's say you have the SKU number and you are trying to change these SKU numbers just because your current SKU numbers are sort of all over the place and you need to change them to be able to get the inventory. If you try to do that, you might not be able to support your legacy transactions. So you need to have clear rollout plan in terms of what is possible. And if you're keeping your data as is, you still need to understand, you know, how that is going to behave in the new system if you really want to get business results as well as adoption from your system. You also need to analyze any sort of customizations that may have been done because of the data, the way it was done. And if the reason why customizations were done is because of the data issues, then you need to fix your data. Otherwise, there will be a need for customization even in the new system. And if you have that, that could be very expensive, risky. The new system may not support the similar customization that you had in the old system because new system may have very different constraints overall. So just because it worked in your old system, it's not guaranteed that it's going to work in the new system. And that's why it's always easy if you could change the data, unless there are some issues that are stopping you to change the data, then you don't have any choice. You need to keep those constraints. But overall, your goal should be to minimize the number of constraints that you have in your model. If you have a lot of disconnected instances of master data records, that could cause a lot of different problems from the operational inefficiency perspective. So your goal should be to design the reconciliation flows, design the data flows in terms of how the master data is going to be augmented, how it is going to travel through different systems and what impact it is going to have. Even if you're keeping the data same, even in the new system, you still need to analyze that. And then finally, you need to have the data governance issues, data governance processes in place. So even if you fix everything from the master data perspective, if you don't have clear definition of what you want users to enter from the data perspective, if you are going to keep it very loose, you can only have so many constraints that are going to be part of your 
system, but the other things are going to be subject to interpretation. And when they are, sometimes they do impact your processes as well as data. So you need to uh, you need to align your expectations in terms of what is going to be part of your data governance, what is going to be part of your range re-engineering, and which constraints you are going to be keeping in the new model. And that's all part of your organizational readiness from the data perspective. And that's number three. Number four on our list is people readiness. And people readiness is similar layer. So most of the issues, if you talk to anybody in the community, they are going to claim that the issues are really because of people. And that is true as well. Sometimes they are not willing to change just because they don't feel comfortable or they just cannot visualize the implications because they have not been there before. So it's very, 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 very hard for them. They are going to be hung up on very simple things that they can understand, they can relate from the benefit perspective. And sometimes that actually throws off your entire model. That's why the skill set of people and people readiness is very important. There might be political issues, power struggle in terms of who is going to keep which process. Sometimes the system might dictate that, you know what, a specific process need to be part of the customer service or marketing or finance. So you need to do a little bit of reorganizing of your organization itself, but people might not be willing to do that just because of power struggle. And if that happens, that's going to be a new constraint in your architecture and you need to work around that. And sometimes that could be very, 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 very difficult and expensive. So that's why understanding, okay, what is the impact? What is the financial impact of any decision that you are making, even if it could be because of power struggle. So you need to decide, okay, whether you want to handle this more from the people perspective or is it a must constraint just because the person may be so important to the organization that it might be a non-negotiable factor. And that's completely okay as long as you understand what you are getting into because of that constraint. The other things that are going to be equally important from the people readiness perspective is the decision-making frame framework. And this is one thing that most companies struggle with. They are going to feel, you know what, I'm not going to do my project charter or I'm not going to do my stakeholder journey, or I'm not going to have these specific individuals who are going to be responsible for decision making. You simply don't appreciate why these things are critical to do in a project. But when you are going to get into conflicts, that's where you are going to have a lot of issues. And what ends up happening is the executives typically make decisions, but they don't have as much understanding of the business. They don't have as much understanding of the as is processes at the technical level. And sometimes they might not be able to relate with the issues that your users might be facing. So it becomes very, very, very tricky in terms of this whole people issue. And that's why you need to have the decision-making framework where everybody's inputs are going to be equally represented and uh, you know everybody's concerns, uh, depending upon their job role, should be equally represented as well. The more democratic process you are going to have uh, for your people readiness, the more comfortable people are going to feel. Otherwise, they are simply going to feel that, you know, somebody is trying to hijack the process just because it's, uh, in your opinion, is not being accounted. So even if the framework fires back, and sometimes that could be a case as well, uh, if the framework is not designed as well to account for everything, every single concern, and frameworks go only so far in general because they are going to have their own limitations as well. But for the most part, if you have that, your life is going to be far easier in decision making. You are going to feel far more confident in general than 
deciding simply based on some of the vague concepts that you might not fully understand. There might be some other issues related to people readiness and that could be some executives in general are going to be slightly more vocal. They are going to have need for control and sometimes that might shut down the other voices just because they might not feel opening up uh, in front of the other executives. And that's where, again, you need to have the decision-making framework and that will help in uh, eliminating some of these issues. So that's why the people readiness is super critical uh, step of your organizational readiness. And that's number four. Number five is the technical readiness. And for the most part, yes, if you don't have your strategic and executive alignment, uh, operational readiness, data readiness, people readiness, most likely you are going to see a lot of technical issues in general. Okay, technical issues are going to be dependent upon how good a job you have done from your operations perspective, from data perspective, from people readiness perspective. If everything is streamlined there, most likely your technology is going to be super streamlined as well. But if you are going to solve everything from the technical perspective, it becomes very hard. The model is not going to scale. You are going to have a lot of patches. You are going to have add-ons that you are going to be including. Your architecture is going to be patchy. It's going to be very confusing for anybody to be able to trace the end-to-end -end process. Forget about the, the working model from the technology perspective. And it, it is going to be so over-engineered that most users will not feel comfortable using it. So you are not going to get the data. And if you are not going to get the data, then you are probably not going to get the insights. So uh, most likely you are going to see a lot of issues. So some of the issues that we see related to technical readiness is going to be technical teams and their capabilities, how capable they are. Do they really have that whole enterprise architecture experience? Just because they have been in IT and are technical or developers, that does not mean that they are going to have the, the, the solution architecture expertise, the ERP data model expertise, that is the most critical for that technical enablement of the process flows, the data flows. They have very technical mindset. Let's say if they don't have business degree, and for the most part, the technical folks are probably not going to have business degree, and they are not going to understand or will not be able to relate with the business issues as deeply as if, if they had business degree in general. So they are going to have very technical approach. They are going to solve everything. And sometimes that could fire back because of the over engineering, over budget, you are going to see adoption issues, so many different issues because of that. If you have any proprietary systems in the process, and this is a very, very, very common issue where an executive will feel very passionate about the proprietary system. They just cannot give up for whatever reason. This is very common in the mom and pop space that they are not willing to give up on that system. And from their perspective, their argument always is going to be, hey, I'm different. Hey, this is the system that is bread and butter for us. If we try to replace that or touch that, then we are going to see a lot of issues. The other arguments could be that we have already spent a lot of time with this system. So we are not touching that particular system with this new architecture. If you do that, you are creating this massive constraint in the model and you have to work around that constraint. Sometimes that could be very, very, very expensive and risky. So that's why this technical readiness that you have to analyze the whole project comprehensively. And if you are not able to do that, you have to 
look at every single constraint and you have to analyze the, the financial risk as well as financial implications if it is going to be okay to keep that system in the architecture and uh, you know what is the cost of keeping that in the architecture. Then the other issues that are going to be around that is access to enterprise-wide master data governance and reconciliation workflows. That is also going to be part of your technical readiness. So that's number five. Number six on our list is the project governance and planning. And project governance and planning is equally important for the organizational readiness in terms of how the overall framework is going to be for the project, how the project plan is going to be developed, who is going to be responsible for that. Uh, you have issues such as, you know, uh, decisions that you have to make, whether you are hiring a lot of vendors or you are keeping your internal team, regardless of the model that you are going to choose, you are probably going to have issues, especially if the resources are going to be part-time. For the most part, if you are going to be in the SMB space, you are going to have a lot of part-time resources. And typically because of those part-time resources, you are going to have substantial, substantial scheduling issues. And that typically leads to your over budget with respect to your ERP project. So when you are designing the project governance, making any sort of decisions, you need to analyze them thoroughly that, okay, I'm choosing for a very a vendor that is offering me a deal, but what is the structure of their project and how that structure is going to affect the overall project. So these are some of the issues that you need to analyze and have the governance and planning set up so that you have that organizational readiness before your ERP implementation. So that's number six. If you enjoyed this video, we are going to include an article that is going to have much deeper analysis of this topic. So you might want to check that. We publish these videos on a weekly basis. So if you have not subscribed on our YouTube channel, you might want to do that. This podcast is also available in the audio form on Spotify, Google, and Apple. So you might want to check there and subscribe. If you have not checked our digital transformation report for 2023 we are going to include the link so check that out on that note thanks for tuning in i'll see you in the next one thank you for listening to another episode of the wbs podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode for more information on growth strategies for smbs using erp and digital transformation check out our community at wbs.rocks We'll see you next time.